Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast with Tanya Ray Fox. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox, and we have returned, and as promised, with a guest. This is an All Patriots episode. It's been a long time since I did All Patriots, and they usually do pretty well. Uh, but, you know, it's been a slow off season, so there hasn't been much to talk about. However, things have been ramping up this week. A little Patriots drama, some Patriot way coming back around. You can never get rid of it. The Patriot way is always going to be out there in the ether waiting to be plucked for a summertime story when we are all bored. So you're welcome, everybody. We have one of those. So we're going to be we're going to be talking about that with Mike DeBate. He is the Patriots writer and reporter for SI Maven Patriot site. He is, uh, he's a podcaster. I have done his podcast locked on Patriots many times. And so I'm, you know, I'm kind of asking him to return the favor and come on here and drop some Patriots knowledge. So, you know, we hit on everything that's kind of out there right now with the Patriots prep for training camp. Um, we do a fun, this or that game. So I can make some pretty uh, intense predictions about the Patriot season, some really fun stuff, nothing crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fun conversation. And to be honest, it was really good to just talk about football. Like it was a, such a breath of fresh air to just talk about football. I really miss that. I'm looking so forward to this NFL season. I feel like last season was so depressing you know, it was like Tom Brady left, like right as COVID was kicking off, my brain didn't have time to process it. Then they signed Cam Newton and there's no off season and everybody opts out. And the whole season was just cursed from the beginning of, you know, of the whole thing. It just seemed cursed from the start. It was hard to be excited. And even when I was excited, it was like, I was excited because I looked back at tweets. I'm like, I'm pumped about beating the jets. Like I was just like overjoyed about beating the jets. Like that was the kind of season we had last year. And and just in, in general, 2020 was an awful year full of a lot of strife and a lot of, uh, you know, it was good in terms of a lot of social justice and things like that and moving things along, but that's, you know, it was heartache and it was, it was difficult and it was hard conversations and, and the pandemic and everything, it just made everything. It was hard to take sports in, in a way that felt, um, you know, fully joyful. You know, there was still players and their families being put at risk and it was difficult. And I think that now that people have had the chance to get vaccinated and the numbers have decreased really dramatically and hopefully we're moving into a um, a much safer stage of public living and there's going to be fans back in the stands and more fan interaction. I just, I'm so pumped to be back in that mode of being genuinely excited for sports rather than like half excited and half kind of scared, you know? So that's, you know, I hope you can hear my enthusiasm in across the course of the conversation because I was really excited. And uh, yeah, that's it. You know, not a ton of life updates to give you guys. I will be uh, flying home and spending some time at home next week. Um, so there will be a podcast next week, early in the week, and then another one I will record from home. So who knows where I'll be or what background will be there, but in the video, but I'll be there for next week's episode. I'm going to do my very first mailbag. So it's going to be an ask me anything mailbag. You can ask me about the Patriots, anything, Boston sports, anything, national sports, Olympics, uh, personal stuff, stuff about me, stuff about my life, pop culture, movies, music, whatever you want. I want to kind of like open the floor and have a looser fun show. You can get to know me. We can talk about some new stuff. 
Um, and you can get shouted out on the pod. Like, uh, you know, I want to shout you guys out. I want to, I want to be able to engage with you a little bit as we do this. Hopefully eventually we'll be able to go live and do more interactive stuff, but this is a good way to ease yourself into something a little more interactive. So if you want to submit a question, I will be recording this weekend. So get it to me over the next two or three days. Um, you can submit a question to me through DMs on Twitter or in my comments on Twitter, or you can email me at uh, tan, T-A-N, 1812 at yahoo.com. So you can email me there and send me some questions, whatever questions you have, and, you know, try to hit on it. Uh, but for today, it's time to get our, to our conversation with Mike DeBate. So let's do it. That stuff coming up. Okay. I am joined. This is my first guest on the pod in a really long time. So I'm so excited. This is a big deal because if I'm going to let somebody interrupt my 30 minutes of talking to myself, it has to be someone that's worth it. And today I have brought you the ultimate worth it Patriots guest, my friend, Mike DeBate. He is a Patriots writer and reporter for Sports Illustrated. He is the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. You probably know him and love him already if you follow me and listen to me. But in case you don't, you're about to. Thank you for joining me, Mike. Oh, Tanya, always a pleasure. Always an honor to join you on the microphone. Little bit of a reverse roles here. I'm used to being the interviewer rather than the interviewee. This is kind of an interesting perspective for me, but uh, one I've been looking forward to for quite a while. So thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really excited for this reversal as well. You actually let me do a lot of talking on your podcast. So I'm going to try to return the favor, no promises, but this is a, this is a like, let's hear from my podcast. And I want to start with, uh, there's, you know, there's been a little downtime since the Patriots were the center of controversy because there's not been much going on, but right. This time back around, we're back to uh, the Patriot way. We're having Patriot way discussions in 2021. It's still happening, yeah. Mike. And uh, this week, I don't know if you guys remember him. You probably don't. But Cassius Marsh is back talking crap about the Patriots, talking about how it's no fun to play there, talking about how bad Bill Belichick treats his players. Uh, he is one of those people who I think is most famous for hating the Patriots like no one knows anything about his career. No one cares. He's largely like, I mean, listen, he's an NFL player, so no hate, but he's not a name, you know, and this is kind of what he's associated with. Um, so we're not going to, we're not going to base this conversation on him, but we are going to turn to um, a really cool story that, uh, that Joe judge told recently. And I want to ask your opinion on this because, uh, you know, Julian Edelman is maybe the face of the Patriot way. Um, especially now that Tom Brady has departed and, you know, he told a really cool story, uh, Joe judge did. So he was on with Sean McVay and Pete Schrager. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this was transcribed by NBC sports Boston. So thank you guys. But here's what the story from Joe judge said, Julian Edelman walked in and wrote in the middle of the board, winning is fun. And it was something everyone read as they walked in every day. He kind of spread the message to the entire team of, Hey guys, you want to have fun. Winning is fun. We do everything we can to win here. So this is a two-pronged question. Is it crazy to you that this is a continued narrative? And do you think perhaps Brady leaving and having so much fun in Tampa Bay has 
reignited certain people's interest in bashing the Patriot way and Belichick's uh, philosophy when it comes to training. And from there, I really need to know who you think may be the person on offense to fill that leadership Patriot way void that's left now that Julian Edelman is retired. Those are great questions, Tanya. And first off, I think in a lot of ways, yes, there is some measure of piggybacking on Tom's success down in Tampa and being able to know that you can tap into the Patriot base by saying something negative about either Bill or the Patriot way or something to that effect. So to your original point about Kiss, yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. It was a very calculated measure of getting his name in, you know, in circulation. I do have this image of Bill Belichick being sort of like the David Spade character from Saturday Night Live when Cassius is going in and just kind of like, you know, berating him often and just giving, I can picture Bill just sitting there and going in, you are, you know, I, I really, I can just kind of see that either that or pulling a Hyman Roth and just going, he's small potatoes. You know, really, I think there's a lot of it that comes from a, a player wanting to stay relevant for whatever reason. So Cassius is going to say his thing. He's going to go off on and, and on about it. But there are players that have played in that system, that have played in that system, that know Bill Belichick, that know the Patriot way. And guys like Teddy Bruschi, a, a, a person we know very well, Matt Chatham, who works for Nesson, played for the Patriots for a number of years. Chatham took to social media earlier and basically went on about not having time to have lunch. I think that was Cassius's original point. Oh, they don't give yeah. you time to eat over there. He's like, no, he's like, you eat during the meetings and they feed you. They feed you like a king. There's really no big deal. So in terms of players trying to get noticed, yeah, I think that's all that was. The Patriot way, so to speak, is something that Julian Edelman embodied, and the Patriots are going to miss that this year. Julian was just a player that led by example, but he could also be very vocal in the way that he led as well. He did not have a problem taking that mantra and being that vocal leader in a lot of respects and players that I've talked to and people that I've talked to close to the organization. A lot of what Julian did was that vocal piece, even when Tom Brady didn't necessarily take that mantra and be that vocal leader. Julian was the type of guy that really took that on himself. I go back to Super Bowl 51 and I remember the image of Julian on the sideline and saying, we're going to win this one, bro. We're winning this one for your mom. And Tom Brady just kind of looking at him and going, yeah, you know what? Let's go out there and let's do this. Uh, those guys fed off of one another. And Julian kept that type of spirit in the locker room. I still anticipate that that spirit will be there this year. So to get to your final point, who's going to take that mantra this year on offense? I think it's going to be very difficult to find that Julian Edelman-like character. Um, I think Cam Newton has the ability to do it. Cam has the respect of the guys in that locker room. He has the admiration of the guys in that locker room. He's a likable guy, and Cam Newton has the cachet and the resume to be able to back it up. I don't see an awful lot of guys in the locker room right now that have that type built up yet. The only other person that I can tell you is kind of like the EF Hutton of that offense. And he's really not an offensive player is Matthew Slater. Obviously the team right. captain on special teams. Uh, Matthew is one of the greatest guys I've ever had the pleasure of covering in any sport, in any walk of life. And if there's someone that will talk and really command the respect of everybody in the room, it's him. Guys on defense, like obviously Dante Hightower, uh, Devin McCourty, they have the gravitas to be able to take that mantra. So I think it's going to be a role filled by a lot of different people, but on offense, 
look for Cam Newton to be that guy this year. And I don't hesitate to say that. I think Cam has it in him. And I think the play that he has on the field as well is going to help him earn more respect. And maybe that's a conversation for another day or we could get into that today if you want. Uh, but I'm as high on Cam as you are. Uh, we've both talked about this several times. So that's kind of where I am with that. But uh, without any question, even with those guys in the locker room, still going to miss Julian's presence. Yeah, it's so funny because it's crazy to think that Cam Newton might be the go-to guy for the Patriot way, considering how short of a time he's been there. He comes in after the dynasty is over, you know, Bell yeah, Brady's in Tampa Bay and everything, but he, it's almost like he's like the new version of it. Like he's just like mm -hmm. the 2.0. I mean, as you transition into a new era, it's 2021, the Patriot way was eventually going to evolve. And so if the new version is guys are still incredibly, uh, they, you know, bow down to Belichick at the podium. There's no trash talking. There's no throwing each other under the bus. That's a big part of the Patriot way. It's just, um, accountability and not ever getting at the podium up to the podium or going to the locker room and putting your failures or successes in the wrong place. And Cam Newton has proven that he's really good at that. He's right. really good at that. And it's not something that he, that came to him naturally. This is not the Cam Newton that he was when he first came into the league or even when he was an MVP. So his growth into someone who could be that for the Patriots mm -hmm. It's like, it's funny that we're talking about it in this way because you and I have both been very pro-cam, but that's part of why we're so high on him. And it's not just, you know, do we think that he can step up physically um, and mentally when it comes to the playbook and everything else, but does he have what it takes to be the Patriots quarterback? And I don't know why we couldn't, we can't do that with the Patriots. We do it with other teams. We do it with other sports. A lot of people think that the reason Dak Prescott has to stay in, in Dallas and why Jerry Jones prizes him so much is because he's the perfect Dallas quarterback. He maintains a good relationship with Jerry Jones. He's great with the media. He is like a great face of an organization. And the Dallas Cowboys are a massive brand, regardless of the fact that they have not won a goddamn thing in <laughs> the majority of my lifetime but right. like when we, we talk about him that way we talk about you know people being like you can you have to have a certain type of star who can be the leader of the los angeles lakers these big brands and the patriots have become one of those brands and until belichick right. is gone and they fall into disarray if that may come it's going mm -hmm. to stay that way you know they're still a massive brand and so i really like the idea of that and i think it bodes well for the future of the Patriot way and how the, the team operates in a new generation with a new generation of players as Gen Z comes into the fold, you know, a lot, most of the young players, anyone who's under the age of 24 is sort of this new young generation who's grown up with social media and who better than to usher in kids like that than, you know, first Elderman and now Cam Newton, two guys who have embraced that side of league and that side of being an athlete without, um, you know, isolating themselves from other people. Like they don't have Kevin Durant syndrome. They know what they're doing. So right. it's, yeah, I kind of agree. It, it, you know, obviously Matt Slater is like the face of the team at this point in terms, like for us, for the fans, he's the guy. And defense has a bunch of guys because defense is a little bit more veteran. But I, mm -hmm. I do really like that answer. I, I do. 
I sort of figured you would. And uh, look, I mean, I'm not being disingenuous or trying to pander to a certain section of the fan base. Look, you know, Cam has his detractors probably as many, if not more, than his supporters in this region. And a lot of it is because of what we saw on the field last year. I think so many people failed to take under account the lack of training camp, the lack of ability to come in, learn the playbook. He came in in late June, very late June, early July, Almost no time to be able to get used to his teammates. Preseason is very important to a new quarterback. And I think anyone who's played the game, anyone who's been around people that have played the game, understand that. They know it's not as simple as going out there, learning the system, and being able to make the throws. A lot of times when people look at, oh, we're skipping passes in the dirt, or, oh, he's this, he's that, he doesn't have an arm anymore. Well, I encourage you to go through the rigors of training camp, go to a training session, look at what these guys have to do on a daily basis, how they're learning when they go out there and they skip a pass in the dirt. And I've seen Tom do it. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do it. I've seen, you know, Brian Hoyer do it. I mean, all quarterbacks do this. They have their moments immediately. They're over there. They're talking to Josh McDaniels. They're talking to Bill Belichick. They're talking to Dante Skarnecchia. These guys are learning and they're getting to know the system. Cam's got that under his belt now. His by fire was the regular season last year. So give the guy a chance to be able to earn that respect. And again, you mentioned the likability that he has. Cam is one of the most likable guys I've ever covered. I mean, you can't help but respect the work ethic and just the attitude that he brings to the team every single day. There's a lot of positivity in Cam, and I think that's going to be infectious this year. What really leads me to believe that he's capable of carrying that load is when David Andrews handed him the ball and wanted him to spike it. That is a real significant move. That is a symbolic passing of the torch from a center that's been a linchpin in this, uh, you know, and in this um, uh, offensive line for such a long time. David is one of the most well-respected guys in that locker room for him to embrace Cam, especially that early on and show you're our guy. Now, this is what we're doing. You're, we're ready to, to get behind you. That was big, and I think that will continue this year. And I look forward to seeing a great synergy and a great relationship between Cam and even someone like Mac Jones, because I think that Mac has an awful lot to learn from Cam. I think these guys are going to be a little bit more in sync this year than the battle that I think a lot of people want to drum up, whether it be the media, whether it be the fan base. I think there's a lot of respect between these two guys, and I think you're going to see it on the field. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and speaking of that, that really does easily take us into the next thing I want to ask you about, which is we training camp is upon us. Uh, it's coming up fast and quick here. I can't believe it. It's genuinely, I, I'd hate to, to go ADHD on everyone and divert myself, but like the fact that it's already the nearly the end of July, like it's <laughs> freaking me out. I mean, 20, 2020 was its own thing and almost like dragged out and didn't exist all at once. But 2021 is flying by at a rate that's like, I feel like we just played the Super Bowl, but training camp is actually coming. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of obvious storylines and things that we're going to be looking at. There's a ton of new players. Um, there is the quarterback battle. There is the relationships on the sideline. Um, and we are in a post Skarnickia, post Ernie world. You know, there's new sort of, there's just a new dynamic at play here, but mm -hmm you know, you're kind of closer to the team. You've been paying attention to these things on a day-to-day -day basis. What's maybe a storyline or a player or a coach or something that you think fans should be looking for in the reporting out of training camp. And if they get to go to training camp, like what is something you think they should be 
looking for and seeing maybe an underrated storyline or an underrated player or coaching relationship or whatever that maybe training camp could reveal to us? Well, there are a few. I mean, obviously the quarterback battle is going to get the headlines. It always does. And I think it will get a share of headlines. And every time Cam skips a pass or every time there's a drop or every time there's an incompletion and Mac makes one, there's going to be, oh, okay, score one for Mac minus one for cam and it's going to be the same we saw it during mini camp and really i mean tanya we know from personal experience you can tell very little from mini camp i mean there's no pads there's no contact so until the pads come on and until these guys start to really go back and forth we're not going to know if there's a true quarterback battle on our hands bottom line if matt comes out and performs off the charts well and cam struggles then i think you really have something to look at and then all of a sudden it'll be like okay well maybe mac is the guy that's ready maybe they saw something in him maybe cam doesn't necessarily have what we thought he had before then i think you have a quarterback battle on your hands but if these guys come in and they play relatively well or even neck and neck this is cam's job and i don't think he's giving it up anytime soon for an underrated storyline, I would encourage you to take a look at the opposite side of the ball. One guy I cannot wait to see in a Bill Belichick-led defense is Matt Judon, the free agent that came over from the Baltimore Ravens. Matt is such an amazing fit in this team. The way he's able to get up off the box, be an uh, outside linebacker, but also be able to be a box defender as well. This is something that the Patriots haven't had in quite a while, and he's going to be that type of mode very similar to a Dante Hightower, but Matt Judon has the ability to turn on a motor and really, I think, is going to change the complexity of this defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he's going to fit in with Dante in that linebacking core, Kyle Van Noy coming back in. Patriots obviously moving more toward a 3-4 set than a 4-3 that they played last year. The 3-4 is where they're most comfortable, and I think they're going to be very effective that way. So that's an underrated storyline that I think a lot of hardcore fans are paying attention to maybe the casuals may not be looking at the linebackers that much but i'm going to have my sharp eye on them and then of course if you're looking for my personal storyline that i'm going to be watching it's the two tight end set that the patriots are going to be able to run this year hunter henry is a guy that i had a chance to cover since he was a rookie in los angeles when i was on the chargers beat and this kid really i think can be a bona fide star at the position he's that prototypical that traditional y role type of wide receiver someone that has excellent route running skills he has the great ability to box out he's a very good blocker and he's also a very good receiver he's got great hands you pair him alongside with someone like Jonu Smith who can run the ball out of the backfield run the jet sweep be that effective move tight end that can be such an effective weapon in the red zone Patriots are going to be fun to watch this year when those two guys are clicking, because when you have two tight ends that are capable of being weapons, each of them equally at the same time, that opens up the play action schemes that allows the running game to get going. That formidable offensive line that the Patriots have built are going to be able to block for these guys. Uh, that's, I think, an underrated storyline, maybe a little less underrated than the, uh, than the linebackers because they are high profile free agents being added but I'm really excited to see what those two tight ends can do and how it's going to change the complexity of the offense. Almost Shameless with Tanya Ray Fox is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA Finals are here, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. That kind of goes into the thing that I feel like I'm going to be looking for. Um, and hopefully some of your writing and reporting will help me figure that out. But, um, you know, how Josh McDaniels evolves his playbook and his play calling is really important to me in terms of how this team is going to go. I really think this team is going to go as McDaniels and the quarterback do. We know what Belichick does. We know what that defense is going to do. Even when the Belichick defense is at its worst and the Ben don't break years, they just have always been a unit you could count on uh, at, at the end of the day, down the stretch at the end of the season and into the playoffs. The offense is the big thing. And I would have liked to see a lot more creativity last season from Josh McDaniels with Cam Newton, considering where his arm was at, considering how well he was running. And I, you know, in some ways I cut him the same slack that I cut the rest of the team, which is the personnel wasn't there and the, the off season wasn't there and the practices were all over the place and people were missing practices and COVID protocols made things insane. So this year it's like, okay, most of the excuses are gone here. You've got a second year Cam Newton. If we're, I mean, regardless of who ends up at quarterback, uh, Obviously, we've talked about on your podcast, this offense is designed almost specifically to cater to uh, Cam Newton's strengths. So I think that that's their best case scenario. But regardless of who's at quarterback, this is a team with great with a great run game and and great tight ends. And so it's interesting because that's, you know, when Cam was at his best in in Carolina, that was that was the offense with these big receivers, tight end mm-hmm. run game. Um right. And, and that's kind of what they're set up to do in even more creative ways, because no matter what you think of Josh McDaniels, he is an incredibly successful offensive coordinator for a reason. And mm-hmm. I just, I want to see him take that next step at the post Brady step where he reminds everybody that like, this wasn't just that, you know, this is the same guy who, you know, came in and kind of started to save the day when he came out of, out of the Rams in back in 2011, came back in the playoffs, like, he was a really important part of getting them back into the Super Bowl mix. And, you know, I, I want that redemption story from him because I think that's the only way the Patriots fully and truly succeed is if he can start to keep up with the Andy Reeds and the Kyle Shanahan's and the Sean McVay's and the people who are being really creative on that side of the ball, um, especially with the talent that they do have. So like, that's what I'm going to be looking for. So I'm asking you, keep a sharp eye. Keep that sharp eye on our boy, Josh. Will do. Absolutely. And I agree with you when it comes to Josh. I think there's a lot that he can do with this team this year. Look, we saw some seedlings of it last year, incorporating the zone read, which I thought Cam did a fine job with. One of the things that I don't think he gets enough credit for was the zone read options that he was able to read and, and run very effectively. When Cam ran the ball and when he had the ability to get into the open field, he could make things happen. It was the passing game that had some difficulties. And look, I mean, 
no one is denying that there were some terrible errant passes. I mean, there were difficulties and there were some areas where he did deserve criticism. But at the same time, you look at the personnel that they had. I mean, Ryan Izzo was tight and won last year. And with all due respect to my good friend, Claire, I know she loves Ryan Izzo. I know she's watching and, and listening to this. Izzo is not a tight end one. He's a tight end three at best. And I think I'm probably being generous. And I like Ryan. I really do. But at the same time, he was being called upon to play a role that he had no business being, he had no business playing. And he did the best he could. But again, you're just, you're asking him to do way too much. At the same time, Devin Asiasi, Dalton King were brought in to be that two type of tight end set. They were rookies. They didn't have the ability to get into the swing of things. Those guys are having difficulty. So you look at that and you look at the way this is going down this year. All of a sudden, Josh now has the ability to run that 12-man personnel. I think he's salivating at the opportunity to do it. He's going to be able to utilize that running game with uh, people like Damian Harris, um, Sony Michelle, who I'm not ready to give up on just yet. I think there's still something left in the tank with him. Ramondre Stevenson can be uh, interesting too, the rookie out of Oklahoma. He has the ability to run the ball. Wide receivers might be a little bit of a tough sell for some of the fan base, but they still have Nelson Aguilar. Kendrick Bourne, I think, is primed for a big year here in New England. Keep an eye on him as well. He's a guy that can play in the slot. He can play outside, very versatile, and in the right system, I think he can thrive. And you're going to miss Julian Edelman's reliability there. Nikhil Harry is a wild card right now. We're hearing he's going to report to camp. Um, is he on his way out, or is this a situation where he just kind of went home for the summer and maybe got talked into something and maybe the Patriots can work this out. I'm not sure. Maybe the best thing to do is to just cut the ties and let uh, Nikhil move on. But right now, I think that two tight end set opens things up and I think it's really going to mean great things for Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm excited to see what Nelson Aguilar does. He was like a, he was a real burner last year on, mm -hmm. on Oakland and, and he, it was a bit of a redemption story for him from where he left things with the Eagles. And I think he can be that downfield guy um, with Cam Newton, as long as Cam still has his accuracy downfield, which he did last season um, and in the minimal opportunities that he got, he was pretty on target. And so that's, you know, it's a kind of a wild card. It's one of those things where if everything falls into place and this is a team that can really thrive and be healthy to have Nelson Aguilar really being able to be that burner downfield would be huge. You know, I'm not as yeah. familiar with Kendrick Bourne. Uh, so like, you know, I'm excited to see some of what he can bring to the table as well, but I just really, oh, man, it's, it, he's very high ceiling in, and, you know, low reward when it comes to there's, you know, there's definitely like, big swings that he can take but oh man I just there's just a part of me that wants that downfield threat for Cam yeah. to be able to let loose a little bit so we'll we'll see what happens I uh it kind of takes us perfectly into uh the kind of the game I want to play with you because we're going to loosen it up we're going to take it and just kind of have a little fun with it and that is uh we're going to do a little Patriots edition of this or that shall we so I'm going to put you on the spot and all of these, you have to commit to one or the other. You cannot, you can't parse. You can't play both sides. You got to say one or the other. Choose. This is all for 2021 season. And uh, we'll start off with who you think is more likely to start a game for the Patriots in 2021. Mac Jones or Nikhil Harry? Ooh. Starting out tough. I'm going to say Mac. 
Nice. I'm going to say Mac nice. because I don't, the reason I say that is because I don't think uh, the situation with Nikhil is going to be worked out. I think he's eventually going to decide to move on. And I think the Patriots are going to decide to move on from him as well. Yeah. So, so the more likely it's just, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, you got a little bit of a cop out there because you don't think, you don't think Nikhil's less of a two, less of a two yeah. evils. Yeah. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. Okay. So uh, more likely for Cam Newton. Uh, 15 rushing touchdowns or 15 passing touchdowns on the season? The way this team is designed, believe it or not, 15 passing. And I know that's going to surprise a lot of people. But again, that two tight end set and having that big, reliable move tight end as a threat in the red zone, something he didn't have last year. People forget how great that synergy was between Cam Newton and Greg Olson when they played together in Carolina he's going to love John and Smith. And I think he's going to be a guy that he's going to really um, anticipate and really look for uh, in the red zone. And I think that's going to help up his touchdown totals. I agree. I think, I do think that, uh, I mean, 15 rushing touchdowns would be the most he would have in a single uh, season in, of his career. He's had 14. He had 12 with the Patriots last year. I think he's easily, he could easily get 15. Obviously that these guys know how to design for him and that he has a great offensive line. So, you know, you, you could see that happening. Um, but I also agree. I, I just think um, a, a seven touchdown lead from last year is, is easy. I mean, it's just the, the amount of talent that they've added is just, you'd have to be sleepwalking not to add at least five or right. six touchdowns on that total in your sleep. So I completely agree. All right, we'll move on to the second one. Oh, this, you're going to love this. <laughs> I hate to make you choose. More touchdowns on the season, Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry? <laughs> oh, 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 you're going to make me go against the grain on this. Hunter is my guy. I love Hunter Henry, but uh, I'm going to go with Jono again, because I think he's going to be that prototypical move tight end that's going to get open in the red zone. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of different opportunities. Hunter, I think, is going to have more catches in the open field. He's going to have more receiving yards. But in terms of finding the end zone, Jono's going to be a big threat, and he's going to be great at doing it. I've, I've said from the beginning, I do think that this is um, the best the best chance that they have of having to succeed is hearkening back to the Hernandez and Gronk days with Hernandez in the open field between between the 20s getting the majority of the catches and Gronk being that big red zone threat and they are both those guys are uh, designed to be able to do that in terms of their skill set so uh so far we mostly agree okay so okay better unit this season offensive line or defensive line Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to go with the O-line simply because I love the camaraderie that these guys have. I love the fact that most of these guys have been together. Yes, Trent Brown coming back in. He spent, you know, a little bit of time in uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders, but he's coming back into a system he's very familiar with. And when you get David Andrews in the center part of that offensive line, on one side, you've got Trent Brown and Shaq Mason. On the other side, you've got Isaiah Wynn, Michael Wainu. This is such a deep unit. I think that camaraderie, that ability uh, to come together and the familiarity those guys have makes them the superior unit. But I love the D-line too. I mean, I love the additions that they made. A lot of new pieces though. So I think there might be a few growing pains at the beginning, whereas I think the offensive line is ready. I think they're ready to go probably right out of the gate. I agree. Yeah, there, there's probably going to be, you know, the, the idea is that you want to see the defensive line maybe be the most improved unit um, mm -hmm. from 2020 to 2021. That's like the goal at the end of the season, most improved, um, because we've talked in the show a lot. Uh, the other units on, uh, you know, we've already, we know where their weaknesses are on offense, but um, defensive line has been a bit of a struggle. So I, uh, it, you can't really go against the Patriots offensive line. If anybody is, has been paying attention, like regardless, that's been one of their most consistent units over the last 20 years. 
So mm-hmm. you gotta always give it to the boys, to, to David Andrews and the crew. Okay, more game-changing plays this season. And by that, I mean, like, they make the play that kind of seals the deal for the Patriots. We're going we're gonna to define it that way. Nick Folk or J.C. Jackson? Ooh, good, good point. Um, we're kind of going field goals versus interceptions here. Yeah, you know, the Patriots have been predicated on, I, you know, interceptions are such a big part of what this team does, but because of the improvement that you see in the defensive line, the linebacking crew, I think they're going to have to the quarterback a little bit more. I think they're going to be able to stuff the run and do a little bit of a better job. So I'm going to go with Nick on this one. I think he came up with some big kicks last year. I look for him to continue to do it again. Um, I, I really, I was very impressed with how he kicked last year. So yeah, I'm going to go with Polk. I'm going to give him a little love today. <laughs> Big kick, Nick. We loved big kick, Nick. He was one of the highlights, the big surprises of the season. It he was. was a joy to watch. It was really nice. Like, it was very depressing to lose Steven Mustowski. And that's a big, those are big shoes to fill. And having Definitely. an older veteran kicker come in and kind of step up was really cool. Um, JC Jackson is, you know, obviously going to be a linchpin of the defense. Um, right. But you're a good point. Um, hopefully they are actually a little less reliant on interceptions, right? Like that's mm-hmm. best case scenario is that he's able to do more coverage stuff um, regardless of whether he's intercepting the ball. We want to see that, but we also want to see more pressure up front. We want to see those sacks. We want to see the loss of yards early on in the play. So, okay. We're, I like where you're going with this. I'm going to give you the final one and you're going to hate me for it, but you have to, I, I'm going, I'm li- listen, I'm looking to make your life hell on Twitter. <laughs> That's my, I'm just kidding. Everybody loves you. You're, you're the golden boy. So you can't go wrong here, but you have to take one on your team this season. You have to choose one. Do you take Bill Belichick or Tom Brady Ooh, okay. in 2021? In 2021. Yeah, it's tough. I'm um, by a slight, slight margin. I'm a bill guy. I'm going to go with bill, you know, and I'm going to yeah. go with bill because I just, I, I, I always look for, what's coming down with the future. And even though you said for 2021 for one season, uh, and I say this with every bit of respect for Tom Brady that I've had for so long and so many years. And to me, he's still the quarterback I want with the ball in his hands with the game on the line every single time. And I don't even hesitate to say there's a close second. There isn't. Um, But in terms of the guy that I want in charge of my franchise, I've kind of been an in Bill uh, We Trust guy. So, uh, yeah, I might upset some people there. It might, uh, might, might, it might ignite my, uh, my Twitter. Maybe I've lost my Golden Boy status on that one. But I'm going with Bill by the slightest of margins here. Yeah, I, and, and to make it a little easier for you, I will say, you just let's just do the math on this. How many people win two back-to-back Super Bowls? You know, it's very, mm-hmm. very difficult. It's highly unlikely that they run it back. And I know it was highly unlikely that they did it in the first place, but... You know, COVID seasons were interesting. If you look at who won championships in COVID seasons, it was veterans. It was the steady hand. It was leadership. Um, you know, LeBron James did for the Lakers in many ways what Brady did for the Bucks last year, which was take a group of really talented guys, veteran guys, guys who were just that one bit away. And in a, in a, in a vacuum of all of this, con- this difficulty and the, in the, the things that were thrown at them, like you need a guy like a Tom Brady mm-hmm. in a position that he was in, in the, you know, with a, a team that was ready for it to guide, you know, to guide you there. And he, 
statistically, you know, he was had a bounce back season, but he wasn't crazy all, all, you know, regular season. He was good. He was a good steady hand. Um, so to, to just defend your pick, I do think that the likelihood that the Bucks regress a little bit in terms of end of season goal and the Patriots improve a little bit is high, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. can't really go wrong with voting for Bill. And plus, as I've said on your podcast, as I've said on Twitter, as I've said many times, Bill's the one who stayed. Mm-hmm. Bill's the one who stayed, so we got to give him our trust, right? So, yep. in, in Bill we trust, that's how it's going to be until otherwise proven. Yeah, I also have to sit in Bill's press conferences every Wednesday morning, so I think that's something where, you know, that does count for us. does count for a little bit, folks. Yeah, you're like, I'd rather have time, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding aside. Yeah. No, all, all kidding aside. I mean, you know, there's, you're right about the steady hand. You're right about, you know, essentially knowing what you're going to get in bill. And I fully expect Tom to have a very similar season to what he had in 2020. I don't see him regressing at all, but you know, you have to always take under account the age and the factor, and you never, ever know when that could rear its, its ugly head. And, you know, there's, there's always that, that measure. So yeah, again, built by the slightest slightest margin folks that's not a knock to tom brady and listen if even if brady doesn't regress it the the weight of winning a championship and doing it again and running it back is very very big and right. you know the team itself has to be able to get back up and come back from a mm-hmm. season in the way they did and i just it's it's really really hard to do i mean it the, is it, it, even the patriots being in the super bowl every year it was hard for them to win back to back for the last five years it didn't do it you know so it's it's it is really difficult um and that's you know so just take that as you will people sorry if i don't immediately think the bucks are going to go back to the i'm just not one of those people who in the offseason is like picks the super bowl champion and it's just like oh well it's gonna be bucks chiefs again like every year people predict the same people to be back there and it's rarely that you know (laughs) absolutely Um, and it, like maybe Tom Brady will play till till he's fifty, and I, I I am not in the business of predicting his downfall. I am never yeah. going to be that guy because I watched people do it for like twelve years. So we're not <laughs> going to be those people, but we are going to predict that Bill Belichick will still be the goat, and we can do that fairly. Okay, we can do that fairly. Both goats doing their own thing. Awesome. Well, thank you for indulging me. Thank you for answering the hard questions there and taking the bullet on the Brady Belichick question. I've taken a few bullets on your show, right? I've thrown myself to the wolves. So it was only absolutely only fair. Nope. And it was a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for chatting Patriots. I'm looking forward to your training camp coverage. Um, I'm sure we'll be back on locked on, you know, sooner than later chatting more about that. So I look forward to that as well. And in the meantime, Enjoy your summer. I really hope it stops raining there because I'm coming out soon. I'm coming out next week, staying with my mom at my mom's in Plymouth. And it's, I really need some sunshine. I do not, I am a California person now. I don't need the rain anymore. Anytime. Always my honor. Always my pleasure to join you, Tanya. I appreciate the hospitality and uh, look forward to doing this again sometime soon. And definitely we'll return the favor shortly. You'll be back on Lockdown Patriots before you know it. You know what, let me, before I let you go, make sure you let everyone know where to find you and if there's anything you want them to be looking for specifically, because I don't want them to miss your content. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, in terms of written content and camp coverage, you can definitely find me at Patriots Maven. It's at Patriots Maven SI on Twitter. Um, Sports Illustrated Patriots Maven, you can Google it. Uh, we're right now going through positional groupings, uh, 
Three things on which to keep a sharp eye on pretty much every positional grouping that the Patriots have right now is going to be forthcoming. So definitely check that out. Um, also, you can hear me each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast. Tanya is a frequent guest. We've got Murph. We've got Steve Balistrieri. We've got Miguel. we got a lot of people lined up. Mark Schofield's going to come on soon to do some quarterback talk. A lot of exciting things coming down the pike. If you want to follow me specifically, you can follow me on the Bird app at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. Perfect. You nailed it. You're a pro. Thank you again, Mike, and we will talk soon. Thank you very much. Have a great day, Tanya.